The Nike check, commonly referred to as a swoosh, the golden arches of McDonald's, the red lettering of Coca-Cola and Netflix, and the ever-colorful Google G. Each of these incredible companies embodies the power of branding. One of my favorite quotes from Jonas Sachs states that your brand is the story unfolding across all customer touch points. And I think that's incredibly power because quite simply, it means that your brand is not your logo. It's not the colors that you choose. It's not your website, but instead it's a collection of all of these things that creates a desired experience for your customers. You're listening to Guaranteed to Grow, the podcast for entrepreneurs who are looking for actionable steps they can take to validate, test, launch, and scale their software idea. I'm your host, Patrick Parker, a serial entrepreneur and multi-million dollar business owner that's passionate about helping entrepreneurs just like you. Expect to hear topics that will help you grow and expand your business in innovative ways that you would have never considered before. Let's dive in. Joining me on today's episode of Guaranteed to Grow is our very own VP of Marketing here at SaaS Partners, Nathan Stout. Nathan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate you joining and shedding some light on on branding and what it is, how it works, why it's important. For anyone listening out there, Nathan is a brand expert and a marketing guru, someone that is you know trusted with not only building our brand here at SaaS Partners, but also the brands of our clients and addition to that, the products that we launch as well. So a lot of trust within Nathan that is well-earned and well-reciprocated. So I want to go ahead and just kind of dive right into things, Nate. What, what exactly is branding? Well, first of all, what an intro. Thanks, man. <laughs> sure. uh, so your introduction kind of said it all. Basically, I really like to start off talking about branding with people when the question comes about, when I'm explaining it that you're right, branding is, is not a logo. It's a symbol, but it is part of the bigger picture. A brand is not your product and a brand is not a promise. It, it can act as a promise. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But basically, your brand is a collection of experiences that someone has with their brand and the impression that you leave behind and how they feel when they remember you. What do they think about when they think about your brand? That is essentially what your brand is. It's those uh, collection of experiences such as dealing with your product, maybe watching a commercial, reading some online content, a blog about you, your blogs, your online content, your videos, what other other marketing collateral you have out there paints a picture about who you are and what your brand is. And that essentially is the brand itself. So a brand is really a, a living, breathing thing, right? It's encapsulated yeah. identity. I mean, essentially, it's like its own person, really. I mean, just like, okay, for instance, I, I just bought a MacBook Pro, right? I didn't just see an Apple somewhere and think, oh, I like that Apple. I'm going <laughs> right, I'm right. Gonna, to buy that computer because it has some fruit on it. No, that, that, that Apple means something right? Hmm. The brand isn't the logo itself. It's everything that it represents behind that logo. It's the reputation that Apple's built for itself. Not a sponsor, right? But <laughs> I do love Apple products. I mean, basically, they, they care about the, the, the professional industry, the, the creative industry. And I bought into their product because I liked everything they stood for. So that's really a good example of, of, a, of a brand when you, when you see their logo too. 
You understand it represents the, the quality, the expertise, the engineering and everything that actually goes into that product as well. And the, again, the, the way that you feel or the, the results that you get from actually using or consuming their products. Yeah. I mean, it was the whole experience too. I mean, I mean, Apple's a really easy example because just they make great products. It's the, the commercial that I saw. It was the packaging when I opened yeah. it, right? I mean, Apple's got some pretty great packaging. I, I still have the box in my house. You know, I hung on to the box, you know, just because I'm like, it's nice and I might want to keep it for later or put it in there, you know, and, and, and things like that. But it's the whole experience that I have with that brand. I mean, having a good brand is, is almost similar to a, a good artist, right? As well. You, you trust in a, in, in a good artist, they're going to release new music. So you know, when they come out with their album, you want to buy it even before you've heard it, right? That's because you've, you've bought into that, that band or that artist, that musician. Another good example. So that, that's interesting. So you talk about, about a person, right? Because as an artist, they have a personal brand. They may be a member of a band. How does a personal brand or the way that you brand yourself as a professional, as an artist, as an influencer, as whatever that may be, how does that play into the bigger picture of, of your actually corporate brand or company brand? No, that's a great question. I mean, there's a lot of big corporations that have like, I guess, a person who maybe has their personal brand that reinforces their efforts and their, their goals. I mean, Gary, Gary V is a good one. Great personal brand. He's killing it. He's probably one of the top people when people think of our personal brands. You know, he's a motivator. He's, in, he's inspires. He, he, he builds trust with his audience. He, he, he wants you to win, right? I mean, he really puts that out there. And for his other companies that he's doing, I mean, Gary V's behind the name. Uh, you start to trust in other brands because it's all about what your reputation is. I don't really want to simplify a brand down to just a reputation because it's more than that, but it is a way to simplify it. You're really building up your reputation. I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the, the, the dating scene, right? I mean, you, you have your own personal brand, you know, or your LinkedIn profile, you know, you have your bio and your Tinder profile or your LinkedIn profile. And then depending on your audience, how are you going to write that profile? And so I think that's, that's, a great opportunity to kind of segue. And I, I love the reference to uh, the dating because I, I think you're spot on. I think a lot of what it is, is understanding who your audience is, how to communicate with those people. Uh, and I know that we've had conversations in the past where usually you filter your communication, your tone, your, your language based on who you're talking to. So I, I love that, that correlation. But I think something that that comes back to, and, and it goes back even to reputation, right? It's, it's, around delivering authentic messaging to your your audience. So how can how can brands really build trust with their customers? That's a great question because I think trust is is everything. I mean, it's the whole reason why when you're about to buy something online, you're kind of hover over that add to cart button because you're like, do I want to do this? I mean, is this worth my money? Can I trust that this brand is going to pull through for me? It's it's all about trust, really. You know, actually, in kind of preparation for this for this podcast, I was thinking about trust and different ways that I can kind of express the importance. And I actually came across a TED talk by a guy named James Davis. He's a professor at I think I believe Utah State University, but he did this great TED talk. So I, I totally grabbed inspiration from him. I encourage you to watch it. But he says trust comes down to three different things. It comes down to ability, benevolence, and also integrity. And it's a three-parter. 
basically you have to believe in the ability. Can they pull through for me? Right? Can Apple deliver on this computer that I need to buy? Yeah, they have the ability. They have the resources. They 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 have they they are able to do it. The benevolence, do they care about me? Do they empathize with my needs? I definitely think they do. Apple really caters to a lot of professionals in the creative field, you know, because I also, along with doing branding and, and marketing, I, I'm very heavy into video and photo and, and editing and making content. And I need a machine that can do that. And they care about professionals. They, they have definitely made that obvious in all of their, their branding materials. And also the integrity, can they pull it off? Absolutely. I mean, they, their, their products are, are great. I mean, that, I mean, what is it? I think 90% of the U S has iPhones. I mean, they're, they're, they're killing it. Right. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just, they're just too easy of an example to use for almost everything. But I mean, a, another way to put it, right? Building trust with your customers, we, we go back to the dating example is basically it's similar to asking out. It's, it's similar to asking how you fell in love with, with your significant other. You know, it might, which probably is why it's so challenging because the dating scene is challenging, right? So, so is establishing right. your brand because it's the same kind of problem. It's more like you're trying to win the girl, right? You need to figure out how am I going to appeal to my crush, right? What is she like? What is, where does she, where does she shop? What does she do? And you gain those trusts, right? By, by, by knowing who that person is and then speaking to them with your own personal brand, right? Your Tinder profile, your LinkedIn profile, your match.com, you know, what's your, what's your personal brand when it comes to dating? It's the same thing. It's the same thing. You're trying to win trust with somebody to establish a relationship. And that's ultimately when they buy. I think, I think that's a great example and a, a even better analogy, but the other thing that I think is, is so important there is that's how you get them in the first place, right? But how do you keep them? How do you go to the next step? And I think that's where consistency plays such a big role in building trust, right? Continually delivering on that promise. So, you know, understanding who your audience is, understanding what you're promising, your ability to deliver that promise, and then ultimately fulfill that promise and continually fulfill that promise. And I, I think you're, you're absolutely right. So that's, that's perfect. You were talking a little bit earlier about people hovering over that that buy button, right, on your your CTA. So whether it's a buy button, whether it's a free trial, regardless of, of what your call to action is, I've always been of the the opinion that people buy based on on desired outcomes, right? When you're talking about businesses, consumers may be a little bit different when they're buying products or consumables. A lot of times, they're buying based on feelings. What are your thoughts on that and how does that play into branding? Yeah, I think you're right, but I think it's kind of a, a, a kind of a general statement, right? People buy based on desired outcomes or they buy based on their feelings, right? Well, what is that feeling, right? So I, I think Don Miller said is it best when he's a great marketer, recommend all of his stuff, reading up on it. But he says that I think one of the greatest motivators is not trying to get something you want, but to avoid a continuing pain point, right? He uses a great example about your, your lawn getting out of control, you know? So how are you going to hire a lawn care service? Well, it's because you want to avoid the embarrassment in the neighborhood. It's not necessarily that you want to like make it look good. You just don't want to get that weird comment from your neighbor when you're taking out the trash at the same time. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of, there, there's, there's definitely different reasons, but that goes all, that goes all back to knowing your customer, which is what you should be doing when you're approaching almost everything in your business, whether it's marketing or branding, is that you need to you need to get to know your customer because then you're going to know what that 
desired outcome is and really dig deep on the nitty gritty. Well, they have a desired outcome, but what's the source? Is it the pain point? Is it status? You know, depending on what you're selling. Like for instance, Rolex, you know, what what motivates someone to buy a Rolex, right? Well, it's possibly, I would say most likely, other than telling time, the functionality, it might be a status, right? It might not necessarily be a pain point, but that's where you got to figure out, you know, where your brand fits in the market and what your customers want. And ultimately, you know, you, you want to know that first before you really do anything so you can know what direction to, to, to go. Yeah, I, I like that. That's a, that's a great example with Rolex too, because it's, it's not survivability, right? Like you have with a G-Shock, like I'm, I'm wearing, for example, it's a completely different, different use. And I think you're right. I think it is more, more status than anything else. But again, it's understanding who your customer is, understanding who buys it, where they buy it, all the fun stuff. Now tie that Nate back into branding for me. I mean, how does that, how does knowing who your customer is and who you're serving, you know, play into the the bigger picture of ultimately creating that brand messaging and, and how you reach those people? Sure. Now, this is where kind of branding and marketing can cross paths, right? Where you 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 need to start out with, with knowing your customer. Like I said before, you need to ask yourself, who are they? Where do they shop? Do they have kids? What kind of money do they make? Where, where are their, their values? Does your brand align with their values and should it? Because maybe that's how you can communicate them and leave that reputation or that impression when they experience all the touch points that they have with your brand. You want those to all be aligned because ultimately that builds trust and ultimately that causes them not to hover. It causes them to click that call to action when they're actually on your site. So really, it, it boils down to really understanding who you're speaking to and what you represent and then leaving that impression, that long lasting impression over and over again. Absolutely. No, that's, that's absolutely great. And I couldn't agree more. And you also might say, just to add on to that, you might also say, well, my brand is not my customer, mm. but you also got to make sure that you're adapting to it. You know, I tell people that, you know, I, I don't talk the same I do in front of my, my parents that I might in the, you know, in the locker room or, or, or the bar. You're right. Because it's all about where you're at. You need to meet your customer where they are. I'm not being fake when I'm in front of my parents or at church or something like that. It's just, it's all about where you are and, and, and changing your tone of voice, right? Your brand voice and your brand identity and speaking to their needs. And also just, again, making that long lasting impression. And I think that speaks volumes to the adaptability of, of branding as well. I mean, you think about companies like Google that I absolutely love. They create a, a ton of incredible products, but each one of them, although they are different products, still have you know consistent elements across those different logos, those different app icons, etc., that lets you know that you know those belong to Google. And so I, I think you're you're absolutely right, and, and that is where being able to to filter your messaging and and filter your communication and stuff through to your audience is, is stro- so extremely important. So you did touch on this a little bit about about kind of the difference between branding and marketing. Can you go into that a little bit more and then talk maybe about how branding actually plays into marketing and how you can leverage your, your brand strategy to ultimately take products to market or, or to at least determine what your marketing strategy is going to be for acquiring clients? Yeah. So this is a big one for a lot of people because the their confusion is there and the crossovers are there. So a lot of times people aren't wrong when they're kind of... Uh, well... 
a lot of people use branding and marketing interchangeably, and I, I understand why. But basically, it boils down to let's use the dating example one more time. Marketing is like you're asking someone out on the date, but branding is the reason why they say yes. Okay. Because they know who you are. You've made that impression on them by maybe your marketing materials, by what you write on your website or your dating profile online, you know? Luckily, I didn't have to deal with all that because I made a Facebook profile in 2009, the same year I got married. <laughs> so might be talking about something I don't know, but <laughs> I think it's a relevant example. No well, I, I think something else that kind of plays into that too is that you talk about the, the first impression. And I think that's why a lot of people do equate branding and marketing the same is because the, the visual elements are what you're really seeing in terms of plan when you first right. engage with the company, right? And so that is basically the identity, you know, that's, that's the looks, the visual, but how does that kind of translate even going forward to those further experiences you had? Well, it's, it's just important to know, I mean, the viewers might be wondering like, well, why is it important to know the difference if there's so many crossovers and it's all kind of the same? Well, it's, it's not just like I said before, marketing is the way you communicate it and branding is the reason why they say yes. So you need to understand that you really need to develop both. You got to develop both. Branding is developing that reputation by every touch point. And how do you do it? Marketing is just a tool. It pretend like it's it's the thing pulling the trigger, right? You're the person branding, right? But you have the marketing tool to target your customers. So there, it's all important. And, the, and where the crossover comes in is when you have to know your customer, have to know them. You know, I mean, one of the best exercises to do, and I'm not trying to get into the nitty gritty details, is I'm sure everyone's heard of customer avatars or maybe customer personas. There's a couple different names for it. But like when I sit down with a brand who's trying to establish or rebrand or even start from scratch, we start immediately with the customer. Okay, who do you serve? Who's your, who is your customer? And they're like, well, it's everybody. That should not be your answer. It's not everybody with money in their pockets, right? Because <laughs> I mean, that, that would be nice if everybody bought into your brand. That's a great goal, you know, but... You need to ask who they are, where they shop, do they have kids, like some of the stuff I've listed off before, because then you can start to cater your messaging, your brand voice around what appeals to those people. So it's, it's, it's important to know the differences and it's also important to know when they cross over. You know, when they cross over, it's really about who the customer is. And then where the difference is, is that you need to develop both. You need to develop your marketing collateral and you really need to develop your, your reputation and the impression you're leaving behind after they read that material or after they see the visual identity and keeping it consistent, like you said earlier. So something you said just a minute ago that, that really hit home and, and I want to just say it again, because I think for anyone listening, if you don't take anything else away from this, at least walk away with this little value bomb here. It's with branding, you're creating the story and with marketing, you're telling the story, right? So it's about branding is about packaging up, who you are, who your company is, the value, the promise, the ability to fulfill it, et cetera. And then your marketing is really the distribution of that story, that messaging and, and the ability to actually reach those customers that you've identified in order to convert them. And I would almost, I would almost maybe add on or maybe change something yeah. slightly different, but it's also telling the story from the customer's point of view. Right, because really, and this is kind of bleeding over into marketing a little bit, but it's really about the customer. The customer wants to know what's in it for them, 
right? So really, you're not just telling your brand story, but you're trying to tell their story. And then you're trying to dictate what the end result is going to be for them and, and, and try to communicate what their life looks like after they buy into your product. That makes absolute sense. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. So, so we've got to wrap up here. We're coming to the, the close, but what pro tips can you, you give to anyone listening out there? If they, if they miss everything else from this episode, which there's a ton of great insight and, and value, Nate, but if they miss everything else, what are the, the pro tips that you can give them? Where, where to start? What to make sure that they nail or get right in order to successfully build an iconic brand? Cool. I would say possibly two things. I might add a third if I think about it in the middle of my explanation because there's a lot of points I can make, but I'll try to give you some takeaways, right? So the first one is consistency with your brand and also making that consistency apply to your customer, right? Remember, your brand is you, but you're also trying to appeal to an audience. So keep that in mind when you're making your brand. And that means your that does include your logo. Again, brand isn't your logo. It's just part of the bigger picture. So that goes with your brand, your colors. Does it, does it, do your colors appear? Are your colors and your voice and your tone and your look consistent every time they touch base with you? So you're making that impression, right? Because you want to repeat the same thing over and over. Um, and then I think the second thing is ultimately trust. And I'll kind of leave you with a story here that I kind of saved in my back pocket, right? So when it comes to trust because how it applies to brands. So I was on vacation with my wife. We were in Puerto Rico and we were on a hike and we came up upon a cliff where people were jumping off this cliff right into the water. And I was like, probably not going to do that and not my thing. <laughs> but then I saw some like 12 year olds doing it, you know? And, and I was like, man, I, maybe I can, maybe I, maybe I can do this. Right. And I was hovering over the buy now button. Basically, that was where I was at in the process. And I saw this kid. And remember, the trust is, is ability, benevolence, and integrity, right? That, 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 that professor nailed it on the head. Uh, but he had the ability to do it. I had the ability to do it. He could follow through. And so then the benevolence part, he, he you know, there was, this, there was this kid that saw me kind of walking over, kind of scoping it out. And he said, come on, man, jump. Just, just, just do it with me. I'll, hey, hey, let's do it together. He cared about it. He's like, come on, you came here to have fun. Just jump. When are you gonna when are you gonna be at a waterfall in the middle of Puerto Rico? Right? And I was like, man, he's right. You know, I have the he had the ability, I had the ability. He's there with me. And I saw him jump and I, he was okay. So I, he could follow through. So so yeah, I went there and I jumped. He earned my trust. And ultimately I bought into the idea that I could have a really fun time and jump off this cliff and make a memory that I'm gonna have forever. So that's what you have to do when it comes to branding. It's a silly example, I know, but it's interesting. For this, though, and I've, I've got to interject and ask this question real quick because, being that you're the age that you are, and having a 12 year old that's jumping off this waterfall, having the time of their life, ego has to come into play there. It's got to be, you know, some sort of hey, if a 12 year old can do it, surely I can do it. So, so is there any room for ego in branding? From the customer side or the or the or the or the the company side, which one? From the company side, I don't think so because you got to remember that you're not the story. You're in the customer story. It's about them. Everybody is the hero in their own story. You can't be the hero, or else you're competing. Right? If there's two heroes, they clash. No, you need to ultimately 
like the Donald Miller, great marketer out there. He says, be the guide, right? Let them be the hero, be the Yoda to the Luke Skywalker. You know, there is no ego. You're there to let the customer win. And ultimately, that's how you win. Boom. Great, great way to close it out, Nate. Thank you so much for, uh, for taking time out of your day. I know you've got a million things you're working on, but thanks for coming to shed some light on, on branding and the difference between branding and marketing. And more importantly, what to focus on in order to, to build an iconic brand. So I will uh, close things here for anyone that is uh, listening. Make sure that you like, comment, subscribe, and share with an entrepreneur that you know that may be trying to build a business that may be having struggles. That way they can avoid some of the, the challenges and and mistakes that I've made and hopefully learn from brilliant people that I have on this show to, to shed some light and some expertise on those different functional domains. So until next time, it's Patrick Parker with Guaranteed to Grow. See you next week. See ya. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to listen in on today's episode. I had a blast recording it for you and I hope that you found some really great takeaways. 